Adidas Terex is the brand dedicated to all those with a creative spirit who play in the outdoors. Guided by a focus on performance, style, and sustainability, Adidas Terex pursues innovation in these areas with an open source approach with world-class collaborators, particularly athletes like Timothy Olsen. Adidas Terex's trail run products are designed for those who challenge conventions and redefine the rules. Using technologies from partners like Gore-Tex, Continental, and Parley, Adidas Terex also supports trail running communities and events including infinite trails and iconic athlete moments including Sabrina Stanley's FKT of Nolan's 14. For this podcast, we're speaking to Timothy Olson, the two-time winner and former record holder of the Western States 100-mile race, who on the 1st of June will be setting out to beat the fastest known time for the Pacific Crest Trail. We're proud to partner with Adidas Terex as sponsor for this episode. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining the Fastest Known Podcast, where we don't mess around, we don't beat around the bush. Instead, we talk to some of the most interesting people in the sport today. It's certainly no exception. And I'd like to welcome the two-time winner of the Western States 100, a fourth and a 13th at Ultra Tour du Mont Blanc. I hope you're guessing who I'm referring to. You should know that we are now speaking with Timothy Olson. Welcome, Timothy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's good to see you. It's been a long time, and uh, you've been in the sport for a number of years. We mentioned states where you had a course record there. You had results at UTMB and at Hard Rock. And now the it's coming around. You're going for a, the big one on the West Coast. So what is your upcoming project? Yeah, um, I'm going to attempt the Pacific Crest Trail um, this spring, summer, starting in June and um, going for the fastest known time. Um, right now, it's um, at 52 days, some hours, um, and hoping to lower that. But um, yeah, this is a new ball game for me. And um, I'm just excited to go out there and to really see the Pacific Crest Trail. When I, when I first moved to Ashland, Oregon, back in 2008 and started meeting trail runners, got introduced to trail running, did not know um, ultra running existed at that time. And uh, Hal Kerner um, and Ian Torrance were the kind of the first people I met there. And uh, Hal just won uh, Western States. And so just getting to know my friends in this local hood, um, I was introduced to ultra running and, um, yeah, I kind of blew my mind. I started, you know, hanging, hanging with them, running, and um, just really fell in love with Oregon, the beautiful trails, and that happened to be a lot of my training and running was on the Pacific, Pacific Crest Trail. And um, yeah, it kind of, that's where I fell in love with trail running, really got into it, and um, you know, however many years later, um, still love it. Um, so so thankful to meet the people that I met in Ashland and to just find a sport like trail running where I just get to go out in nature and play and have fun and and really connect with nature. Good attitude. Of course, you've lived in Boulder, Colorado for some time, but like you say, Ashland is where you got going, where you lived when you did your Western States runs. And now it's, uh, I don't want to say full circle, but it's come back around. You're going back out West in the PCT, this is no joke, 2,597 miles. So and I, I like your attitude already, which is, you know, you want to go for the FKT, but you also want to just experience the PCT, which is a really cool trail. 
So how are you, I mean, do you feel that as you've matured as an athlete, I mean, you're 37 years old now, that that's going to help in this long multi-day trip? Because in the past, you know, some of the top ultra runners have struggled a little bit on the big long trails while the fast hikers have done better. So is your maturity going to help in this? I guess we'll see. Right. Like, um, <laughs> I, I, I think so. I like, that's, um, I remember when I was first training for Western States and running with, with Ian Torrance and Hal doing a training run and, and talking about the Pacific Crest Trail. And I really didn't know much about it or through hiking or, you know, just that world and, you know, kind of jokingly or just, you know, <laughs> just being a little boisterous. I was like, I'm going to do the Pacific Crest Pacific Crest Trail one day. And they kind of, you know, chuckled at me a little bit and said, you might want to wait a few years, you know, enjoy, enjoy the faster, you know, shorter distance, even though I was doing hundred mile races. So that's still incredibly long. And it just, it's always piqued my interest and just this going out for so many days consecutively and just like, so, you know, interweaving your day-to-day life in with nature where that's just not, you know, the most normal way of life for a lot of people. And so having this opportunity that my family's on board, um, Adidas, my sponsor is on board and helping me, uh, through all this, having, having a team come with me. Um, when you're given an opportunity like this in life, you take it and go all in and, and, you know, I don't know what's going to come from doing it. I don't, you know, there's, so many things that, that can happen on a trail when you're trying to run, you know, 50 miles plus a day and just the, you know, the physical part of it, but then the mental part of it and the, all the unknowns, all the things that can come up of weather of, of, you know, like I, I could day one, I could get bit by a snake and we could all, all laugh out, you know, I went really well. Um, but you know, it's just things like that can happen. It can happen at day one. It can happen on day 49. It can happen any, any time. And, and so I'm hoping that through my years of, of being out in nature, trail running, doing races, um, I hope I, I've learned things through that time. And um, now I get to really put them into use on doing something so um, demanding and something out of my, definitely out of my comfort zone. But uh, yeah. Well, Wow. Well, I will partially answer my own question, which is, <laughs> in my personal opinion, you've definitely matured. That was a brilliant answer. Yeah. If I was, you know, you, you kind of listen to this a little bit, because if if there's bravado in a 50-day effort, you know, the spectator is going to go, hmm, <laughs> how long is that going to last? Yeah. And instead you had a, I'm going to see what happens. You know, I'm going to just take it and you know I want to be out there in nature and so from my bystanders point of view that is maturity so uh, of course maybe you've always been like that but still this is, these are big efforts yeah when I mean over the last 10 plus years I've been running 100 mile races and when you go and try to do a 100 mile race you learn that um, you you are humbled by nature very, very quickly. And I've learned that over the years that like I've had races where I've gone all out really hard and, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But this isn't a race where this is like, this is going out and just 
going out every day like I do in training. So it's just a little bit different. It's a different mindset for me, at least going into it, where like day one isn't like, you know, all out and and see what happens. And then hopefully I could just hold on. It's like I have to be, you know, smart, smart with it. And things that I don't do in races that I've talked about with my crew of like when I'm getting a blister in my shoe or I have a rock in my shoe in a race, I rarely will will get it out because I'll just deal with it until I get to the finish or it falls out or if like it's terribly excruciating, I'll deal with it. But for the most part, I just kind of deal with the pain and accept it and march through to the finish where this is like every day, I just need to be really in tune with nature and my body and like, okay, my pack pack is, is rubbing weird today. And if I keep going like this, I'm going to end up with a huge, you know, all kinds of different issues and problems. So I'm like trying to prevent those things from happening. So it doesn't turn into this, you know, just terrible death march. And I want to enjoy as much as possible. And where I know there's going to be pain and hard days and days that I probably want to quit. I'm, I hope that I can rise above those really hard moments and remember why I'm doing this and remember um, just my love for nature and to go out there and to really, you know, just experience nature in its like fullest capacity. Well, I think you will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I, it's you know we're 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 runners, so a yeah. little dark humor is what you, what you have to have uh, because you you start off. It's a south to north, which means yeah. you start out in the Mojave Desert, yeah, and which is means you got to do basically seven double marathons in the first week each day. I should say, uh, I should say a double marathon every day for seven straight days through the Mojave to get going before you enter the foothills of the Sierras, that's going to be nature, right? You know, hundred degrees yeah. and then you get into the Sierras and you'll be in some snow. So this is the PCT is a worthy trip. Yeah. It's, it's got it all. And that what makes it, it's what makes it so beautiful. I mean, to like, I'm going to be suffering that first week. I, I was talking to a friend um, just a couple of days ago that said they were in Mojave desert. It was 102 degrees. So like, that's going to be starting off. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I don't know, like mentally you can kind of prepare for these things, but like you just got to go out there and experience it and then like, you know, try to be as prepared as possible and then just be ready to adapt and change. <laughs> Boom. I love Boom. it, Timothy. Yeah. Good call. And you mentioned crew. So I would presume that Krista, your lovely wife, and is Bob your uh, father-in-law? Will he be along also? Yep. Um, so bringing the family, um, Crystal will be uh, always my head crew. So she'll be, um, we have an RV and with the kids in it. Um, but to throw another little fun twist to that, we um, are expecting a baby um, in August. And so, um, yeah, my amazing wife will be, um, you know, helping out and being a part of this um, you know, seven, eight months pregnant. So, um, it's, yeah, that'll, that will be challenging and, and just bringing the kids on there. I'm doing this, um, supported. So I'm going to have my, my boys, my, my family there, um, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, um, um, Bob and Debbie Loomis are going to be joining. So I'm going to have Debbie helping out with, with the kids and just kind of with, you know, hanging with Krista and helping with a bunch of logistics. And Bob is going to be, you know, trying to find me at different trailheads and different road crossings and stuff to, to refuel me when possible. And then I also have um, Kelly, 
um, who is started Real Athlete Diets, who lives here in in uh, close by in Boulder, and um, she's helping with my nutrition and food. So um, you know, kind of making sure that the, the crew's all fed, but that I'm fed and I'm just not eating, you know, Twinkies uh, the whole time. So we're kind of, you know, hoping to have some real good food. Nutrition is, is very important to me. And so, you know, to be out there and of course I'll probably have a Snickers bar and I'll probably have, you know, some ice cream in here, here and there, but um, she's going to be helping getting some real food and um, more healthier things for me to go. And then uh, last man on my team is, of course, uh, Jason Coop, my coach for the last handful of years and um, is, yes, yeah, so valuable to the team. He's going to be kind of very in charge of like, you know, kind of this is what the day looks like. I'm going to go out and then he will, with Bob, kind of jump from different trailheads to crew me when possible. Um, and yeah, I'm like so grateful for the team that I have. And of course I'm going to be hiking, doing, you know, this day in and day out, but, um, having the team with me, um, I don't want to do this with, without them. And I don't think I could. And, um, I'm just excited to share the experience with them too. That like, for me, I didn't want to go out there and like, maybe someday in my life I'll do a self-supported, um, long trail or something like that. But for now in my life, I have uh, an eight-year-old and five-year-old son, and I don't want to be away from them that long. And I also want to show them this trail, show them, you know, the the whole West Coast of what an opportunity to see so much of this beautiful land and experience it with their, their grandparents and, and family and friends. And um, so we're very excited. I'm very excited for my team as, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's again, a sign of maturity and good preparation to have a good team because without a good team, this doesn't happen as you're well aware. And first of all, I should say congratulations to you and Krista for number three. Number and three. also note, I've seen uh, you and your team at places like Hard Rock and Krista is like, Wow, she's just the sweetest person you've ever met, except at aid stations. Don't get in her way when she's supporting you at aid stations. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's how it's done. Yeah, she she gets me up and going, and you you need that when there's been moments at Hard Rock where I you know I'm having a a, a hard moment, a difficult time, and you know she shows me that that motherly love, but she also gives me a little bit of let's, you know, I know you want to do this. Um, I've seen you worse, so I know you can, you can get through this. And she's just been able to read me over many years of many different races. And so I don't know how much she'll be helping with during this, that, um, you know, going through the pregnancy and I want her to have a comfortable good time, but just her presence alone and be able to give her a kiss and being able to see, see her out on the trails will definitely um, lift my spirits for sure. <laughs> it'll, it'll lift anyone's spirits. Yeah. Most definitely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a quick note to listeners. So next week, a week from uh, Friday, Kelly Newland, who you just mentioned of real athlete diets, rad foods will be our guest. Hillary Allen, our co-host on the fastest known podcast. will be discussing this same trip from her perspective with uh Kelly. And so stay tuned for that. And a quick side note here in terms of nutrition, help me out here. I think you were somewhat paleo oriented, were you not? Is that going to be part of this or what's your approach to the nutrition? 
Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, over, yeah, my career of running, um, maybe when I started like really getting into Western States training and stuff, I did go more paleo diet and 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 then it kind of got exaggerated in the whole media world that I was keto, that um, you know I don't even look at sugar, and um, that's not the case. Um, I've, I've had moments where like I, I do intermittent, intermittent fasting. So there's times where I'm keto and, um, I eat more like a paleoish diet, primal diet where, um, I don't eat a lot of grains or focus heavily on carbs, um, and eat more just, you know, um, just whole foods, lots of lots of greens, all kinds of vegetables, lots of root vegetables, tubers, and um, really good um, quality um, protein being grass-fed meat, um, pasteurized chicken or eggs. Um, I just, I try to, you know, really eat clean and from uh, local uh, organic choices. And that has been my uh, diet for a long time. And I, I'd say over the last you know few years, I've um, gotten more away from paleo where, um, you know, we, I use carbs, uh, um, not like I'm, I don't get home from a run and I'm, I'm just, you know, instantly going for lots of carbs. I just try to be really mindful of what I put in my body. And um, so I like to eat a really good whole food diet. And um, when it comes to this this trip, I plan to eat really good meals having, you know, in the morning, I'm going to have a nice protein um, green smoothie. So I, you know, get some greens in, get some protein, um, get some carbs in and go on my day. And then I'll probably have um, some type of wrap of uh, I'm sure Kelly will go over this, but we've been making all kinds of little things. I have like this little pancake thing. So it's like these, I'm gluten-free. So I'll have like these gluten-free uh, pancakes and then we'll either put um, some hash browns in the middle or eggs or. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, yeah. hold on. Wait, I'm getting hungry. Look yeah, at this. This is killing me here. It's it's amazing. <laughs> the, the, the goal with having Kelly there in the food is when I'm feeling really rough, I like, I think, oh, wait, I get. Kelly's rad food after this <laughs> and not just another, you know, bologna sandwich or something. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting you're kind of I'm ready to wrap up this podcast. And yeah. Yeah. To eat here. This is, <laughs> but I'm sorry, seriously, Kelly can do that. That's very cool. And you can do that. So I appreciate this. Interestingly enough, you mentioned Twinkies, not normally done, but Snickers. Snickers actually are a classic of the PCT and the AT yeah. from Flying Brian, Andrew Skirka. They used to do that. I used to tell Skirka, don't eat Snickers. It's bad for you. But, you know, you're 22 years old. Who cares? You just yeah, right. put it in and nothing happens. Interestingly enough, someone did a study. Someone through hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. And this person had an uh, uh, advanced degree in biochemistry, and he did a before and after. Hmm. And he ate the normal trail food of snacks. His health, and he was like 27 years old, declined. His heart health declined during what should have put him into excellent fitness. So I very much appreciate your perspective. This is uh, you know, my personal opinion, of course. But I think your perspective on a healthy, nutritious diet will serve you in the long run. And it's also good for the planet, in my opinion. 
Most definitely. And, and that's uh, a big part of it, having Kelly come there. And we're, we are definitely trying to be sustainable with, um, with the whole project, even though it's, you know, will be challenging um, bringing an RV. I'm not oblivious to all the different things that we are going to be having fuel and, and stuff, but we're trying to eliminate the, the things that we can of, you know, not having as much plastic and, and especially single use things and how can we reuse, um, you know, just, I have like the things that I bring my food in are reusable and so we can just wash them out and reuse them. And, and, um, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. It's definitely going to be, um, you know, footsteps on this, this earth and not all perfect, but I'm hoping that it can also bring just, um, attention to, um, this beautiful land, this earth that we, um, that some people take for granted and that, I get to be in it every day. And when you get to just see the beauty of it, you want to keep it pristine and take care of it. And where I am, you know, I'm not going out every day and every single run, I'm picking up trash everywhere I go. I do pick up trash if I see it there, but I, it's, there's more I could do, but then I come back to that. I don't need to judge myself so hard every day that I can keep making choices. I can, you know, share, um, how I, what I do for the environment and, and teach my kids. And, um, that all helps. And instead of getting down on myself or down on others, we can try to encourage each other and, um, uplift this earth. And I feel that's, you know, a big reason why I'm here, why people are here. We're, we're put on this earth and we're here to protect this world and to, to, to work with it, to be, you know, in collaboration. And a lot of times I see, humans just, um, you know, trying to make it better. Or, you know, if I create this, then we'll, we'll fix it. Or, and we just need to listen to this earth and, and going for a hike and being there, you, you get to really see the earth in its magnificence and that you want to take care of that. And so um, I hope that I can at least bring awareness to, you know, different issues in our environment and, um, and just, you know, encourage people to, to make smarter, more mindful choices of what they do, their environment with their, you know, with their votes, with their votes for politics, with their votes when they go to the grocery store, with their votes when they um, buy, consume any, anything that that's your, your choice and it has an impact. And um, to just be aware of that and so that we can all continue to make better choices that um, help this earth. Excellent. I, oh, I'm sorry to be offering my little personal opinions here, but I have to say I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually picked up two pieces of trash on my trail run this morning. Uh, and but we do. We vote with our dollars, really. Where right. you spend your money is what actually happens. Let's go into the, uh, the prep a little bit more. One last thing I'm noticing, we mm -hmm. discussed the Mojave. Whoa, a tough start. 100 degree temperatures. Water will be a big deal here. And you, one could lose time there. Some of the previous people have bonked out at that first week from heat stroke and dehydration. But then you kind of have what might be a break because unfortunately for everybody, but not for you, California is in a major drought. 98% of the state is listed as dry. I just looked it up. The Southern Sierras are at 9% of their snowpack for this time of year. Wow. Uh, Central's 21 and Northern Sierras are at 14% of their normal snowpack. I mean, 9%, that's really low. That is really so when, like, 
some people you you're post I mean, like when Horty did it, David Horton, mm-hmm. you know, he he was trying to use snowshoes. You know, it was yeah. <laughs> kind of working it like that. You yeah. might not have to do that. So, Th- unfortunately the- for the state, but good for the FKT. <laughs> yes, um, we definitely need more rain and snow. And uh, it's been really nice to see Colorado get some. You know, it's we're still in, we're in May and we're still getting hit with snow. We got snowed on yesterday and. Um, Kel- Kelly always reminds me it's good for the, the watershed, good for, you know, the, for this summer and, uh, fire prevention. So, um, yeah, that's rough for California and, um, I, you know, I hope and wish better, um, that we keep getting more water, um, for me and doing the Pacific Crest Trail, um, yeah, we definitely, we've been watching the snowpack and doing calculations on when would be the best time to hit the Sierras and, um, yeah, and that fluctuates every year. So um, it kind of just worked out for us that we were planning to start around the 1st of June. And we, you know, with the snowpack, we could probably start a little bit earlier, but with just the whole team and everyone's jobs and stuff like that, we've kind of condensed it to be starting around June 1st. And um, it, I feel like it's a good time timing wise. It's going to be hot at the start, but that um, Hopefully there'll be a little bit of water still in places and then I'll hit the Sierras. And so then the, I won't have to deal with having, you know, bringing snowshoes or an ice axe or crampons and stuff like that. I should hopefully be able to move smoother through those sections and then be able to use um, the water to, to drink with all that, um, you know, ice and snow melt. Right. Indeed. Well, good thinking there. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Adidas Terex, your sponsor a minute ago. Mm-hmm. This is a cool company. I'm just going to mention this for a second. I'm not sure if people realize how far back Adidas goes. These, these guys are core. You know, Nike is the world's largest sporting goods company. They weren't started until 1964, famously out there in Beaverton, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Adidas is the second largest in the world. They have a lot of cred. They they sponsored Jesse Owens in 1936. I mean, yeah, that's so <laughs> that, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they sponsored Lionel Messi and you know the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team. So I, sorry, I just kind of want to say that uh, they once owned Solomon. Really? And they yeah, and they sold Solomon off. So I'm sorry. I just had to note that Adidas is a cool company. I when I started off, I used Adidas because I was before Nike was even available. That's when Nike was just a distributor yeah. for Onitsuka for what became ASICS. So I, I just had to note that I, I kind of like Adidas. <laughs> and um, the Terex is their trail running division, I believe. Correct. And what shoe are you going to be using? Do you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Terex Outdoor, Adidas Outdoor is um, – I'm – I'm very grateful to be a part of the team. Like uh, when I joined Adidas Outdoor, Adidas Terex, um, over three years ago, um, they were really trying to get into the trail running scene. And um, when I joined them, we went right to work on shoes, trail shoes. They had some, you know, ready to ready to go. And um, I'm I'm very picky about my my trail shoes. And um, the more the longer I run, the more the more picky I get. Um, and, <laughs> and so like, you know, getting it dialed in for the Pacific Crest Trail, um, I will be using a few different kinds of shoes where um, I've been using the Agravic Boa um, for a handful of years. It's what I ran like UTMB in a couple years ago, and just a, a nice trail shoe. Um, 
you know, minimal cushion, maybe around nine ounces or something like that. But um, they added this new version now has like a little rock plate. So nice protection. And I like the BOA system. Um, just sometimes um, a BOA system is a way to um, tighten your shoe without without tying with laces. Just uh, another way. But um, it's been in the you know ski world for a very long time, but and the and cycling world. But um, it's super helpful of like when you're going down a scree field and all of a sudden you have all this scree in your shoe and you just pop off your shoe, the boa, it like in half a second pops out, you dump all your stuff and then you put your shoe back on and, and tie it up and you're good to go. Um, so I really appreciate um, the boa system and just the work that they put in the shoes. Um, that one, the Gravik boa being a little bit more minimal, the uh, Gravik 2 um, Parlay is another shoe that I'll be using that has um, a little bit more cushion, a little bit more boost, um, a, a midsole that Adidas has used for a long time. It's incredible, really good energy return. It lasts for a very long time. So the shoes will last a little bit longer. Um, so I have a shoe there that um, has a little bit more cushion and some of those sections on the PCT, it's not as technical, uh, you know, a little California smooth carpet, uh, trail in some places where I'll have a nice, you know, some cushion and give my foot a little bit of, uh, to relax a little bit. And then I have some other shoes that are a little bit more like for technical terrain. Um, so I'll have like three or four different shoes that I'll be kind of like switching out. I even have a couple pairs of road shoes that, um, you know, that I might throw on. There's a couple, um, fiery route sections. So I think there'll be some times where I have to run, you know, just some road stuff. So I might throw on road shoes for there. Um, it's really nice having the the arsenal of having different options like this whole this whole trip definitely comes down to a lot of my gear and gear choices of trying to be um, very minimal in what I'm carrying and and then having the the choices of like when I'm running at the beginning, I'll be able to see my crew a little bit more. So I'll go for a smaller pack and um, not as much stuff because I'll be able to see my crew. And then when I go through the Sierras, like I'll have to be having a bear bear box. I'll have to be having, um, you know, I'll probably bring a bivy with me, um, a little mini sleeping bag, um, and maybe even like, you know, a little, little, um, bubble coat to have a little bit more, um, just warmth as I go up there and I'll always have a raincoat with me, but over the, the, the last few years, last at least three years with Adidas, I've worked on with their shoes a lot. We have some really cool shoes that I'll, um, that I, you'll see um they're they're coming out june 1st so that will be a shoe that i will be um running in called the what is that one called the gravik ultra and um no gravik ah, gravik ultra is yeah it's one that i'll be that one's coming out later but another shoe that i'll be running in and has a little bit more protection for if my feet are bothering me or you know, I just like, I've hit too many rocks in my forefoot and I want a little bit more protection. And so then having all these choices, um, is super helpful for, you know, trying to accomplish this task and even working on raincoats and stuff that I have a, a small rain, you know, Gore-Tex raincoat that can be, you know, fit in the size of my hand. And so having the gear dialed in, um, has been something I've been working with them for a while. And I'm, I feel like, we're at a really good place right now where I have everything that I, that I need, um, for this adventure. And, um, yeah, I, that, that is a game changer of having the right gear out there. 
And so you are working with their product developers and they're taking your feedback and they're creating products based on your input. Yeah, correct. Um, ben, yeah, it's um, something that's been one of the highlights of working with Adidas is how much they value their athletes' feedback. And um, I mean, especially when I first jumped on the team, I was talking daily with my team manager and, you know, we're we're trying to make the best trail shoes in the world. And, um, you know, they have a goal from their corporate model. And for me, I just want really good shoes that work for me and, and creating good shoes. So my kid has awesome shoes later on. And those, those boa shoes, the great boa shoes that I've been talking about, they have them, they make them for kids now. And, uh, uh Tristan was one of the first, like, you know, kids to get, uh, when he was like about six, he was getting like these little shoes with the bow on and any, any parent with kids knows how hard it is to get them to tie their shoes or to like, you know, get shoes on and off. So the BOA system has worked amazing for my little boys and having good traction. Like it's hard to find good traction on shoes for kids and having that. So my kids run all the same trails that I do. And um, it was something I learned when Kai was just, you know, a few years old and, uh, you know, being a parent, you just want to say, you know, slow down or, or watch out for that rock, watch this. And anytime I would ever say anything to Kai, he would fall. And when I would shut my mouth and just let him do his thing, be on the trail, he would, you know, smoothly cruise along. So um, that's, if I have any fatherly advice, it's let your kids just run and be free and, and uh, you know, don't hold their hand every second because that like, anytime I would watch like, be too cautious of a parent, they would flop all over the ground. And when I let them just be, they, they learn how to run technical trails. They learn how to, um, you know, feel nature for themselves. And, uh, that's, yeah, that's what we all need. They are not dummies. They are not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think I have been in the past, but, uh, kids are, <laughs> Adidas, yeah. where my first shoe is the Adidas Olympiad and it was split leather. Uh, the mm. upper we hadn't they didn't have nylon uppers yet so i'm really happy i'm going to look this up when we get off this I, I thanks for and by the way go to the written show notes everyone who's listening to this and we'll have links to what timothy just described those, that list of shoes he just described is really impressive my second pair of adidas was called the uh, mexicana and it was suede it was oh, really? blue suede. Uh, nylon works a lot better. Nylon's a very good material to use as an upper. Uh-huh. So good choices there, Timothy. And speaking of choices, you've mentioned this. I mean, this is a thread throughout our entire conversation here about the planet and being aware, letting your children run free and feel it out for themselves. Your byline on your website is mindful mountain ultra runner, and you're this is kind of what you're known for meditation. You you're unabashed that you are a meditator, and this is part of what you promote. So fill us in a little bit on that, and particularly, do you think that the techniques that you have been practicing for some time now will help you on the Pacific Crest Trail? Yeah, so I, I've been rambling a lot, so I'll answer that with um, most definitely. Um, I, yeah, I meditate every morning um, and normally often more than once a day. Um, and it's a practice I 
started when I got into ultra running. It, it worked out really well when I moved to Ashland, Oregon, um, didn't have any work um, starting off there and started doing construction. And after doing construction for a while, I decided to do massage school in Ashland, Oregon. And when I was going through massage schools, when I met all my ultra running friends um, at the local running shop there, Rogue Valley Runners. And um, so as I was memorizing all my muscles and going for runs, um, someone introduced me to meditation and mindfulness in school. And so I started practicing where every time I go for a run, I try to just be really mindful of my steps and just kind of listening to my body. And I was like, this is cool. And so I called that just my mindful running. And then I started more of a practice of sitting meditation where I, I thought being in nature and moving and just being very aware of your surroundings, of your breath um, was super helpful. But the, when I practiced more sitting meditation, I could, um, it just got me into this, I think more of like a flow state before even going into a run. So I got into this nice like flow with my breath, with my body, and then I'd go for a run. And so meditation, I think will play a huge part in, um, it really does play a huge part in my life, but um, through the Pacific Crest Trail of when I'm having a really terrible day and everything hurts and the, you know, food isn't tasting good. And I'm, why am I doing this? I'm going to sit down on that log. I'm going to take a couple deep breaths and I'm just going to meditate there for a little bit and take a look around, realize that FKT would be cool, but that is not why I'm out here. And that I am just so thankful for nature and to just to be present in it. And I think a lot of us miss, you know, we're just, bit, we're busy and rightfully I do the same thing where I'm, you know, running from, from this thing to that thing and, you know, taking my kids here and there and, and through that, those, you know, times where life is a little chaotic, you, you miss a lot of things and you, um, you aren't present and you don't enjoy them. And so when I'm struggling and having a really hard time, I come to meditation and come back to my breath, just using that as an anchor. And also when I'm having a really good day, I come back to my breath and use that as an anchor to both appreciate the good moments and to just accept the challenging ones. And um, I, I think going into this, you know, huge endeavor. Um, there's just so many things that could be swirling around in the mind and all these negative thoughts that I could be thinking or telling myself. I could, you know, every day I can wake up and say, oh, you're not going to make it. You're going to feel terrible. Or I can wake up every day, take a deep breath, you know, thank God I'm alive. Uh, be grateful for this moment and, and then just take the next step and see, see how that goes and feel with that. And, and, um, I don't, it's just been a practice that I've done for a very long time and it, it's, it's held my running and, you know, it hasn't helped in the sense of like every time I meditate, I go and win the race or, or something, but like it makes me just um, step away from this, you know, closed mindedness of like, this is the only thing that matters, but it lets me step away from that and have a new, have a new perspective. And it's something that, um, a good practice that I do all the time because a lot of times my mind will tell me this thing. I call it like the, 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 um, inner critic or the inner roommate, uh, you know, that, that 
person in your your head telling you that you're not going to make it and stuff like that. And so whenever I hear those voices, I let them go. I drop back into my breath, feel in my body, and just reside there. And um, a lot of times it just kind of brings me back to like kind of just my heart center or just, you know, just very embodied. And when I'm in that space, everything, everything else that happens on the world, like, you know, the chaos that happens, all the different anxiety that can kind of come up, I can, I can easily go into those vibrations. You know, you have an argument with, a neighbor or a colleague or something, it's easy to kind of just, you know, to go into that vibration or I can just like stay in my center, stay in, in my vibration of love, peace, you know, unity be there. And then, and then radiate from that. And that's just like, that's how I run. That's how I try to live life. And I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to say I'm some enlightened being. I, um, not as much anymore, but I, you know, I, I, I get angry. I'll, you know, yell at my kid or, or have something, you know, come up where I react. And I recognize that I, those things come up. I'm human. And instead of judging myself and hating myself, I just like come back to that breath, come back to my center. And that kind of guides my way. And so, um, yeah, I plan to keep using meditation every day. Um, not as much like here in the morning, I get up and instantly go into meditation after the bathroom or brushing my teeth. So I'll, I'll sit in meditation for a while where the PCT I'll probably get up and go to the bathroom and I'll, you know, take a couple mindful breaths, but um, we're going to be focusing on getting out the door as soon as possible where I might, you know, hike for 10 minutes, get a little bit of food in me, just kind of feel my body. And when I, when I've done in my, my training for this and what I plan to do is kind of just taking moments throughout the day to sit and reflect and to um, really enjoy what I'm doing out there and even in the hard moments. And so I plan to continue my practice of meditation um, throughout my runs, just taking a moment to pause and, and stop when I need to. Um, and with my team of like, you know, we've all had a hard day, you know, they had a flat tire, this happened, that happened of bringing us together and just taking a moment to breathe together and remember why we're doing this. And, and then too, at night before going to sleep where everything is hurting and, you know, I'm trying to check out of the pain and stuff like that. I'm planning to go into it and, and notice what's going on in my body. And I think that will be helpful of preventing injuries and preventing different problems that could get much worse later on. And it can just, um, help me relax, go to sleep and, um, take a mo take a moment to step out of the crazy FKT world for a second and just enjoy, you know, a night, night around the bonfire with my kids. Um, I plan, I plan to bring my guitar, play a little guitar, um, and, and enjoy some moments. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to predict everything that's going to happen out there. There's going to be these highs and lows and, you know, just hope to, to surf them as mindfully as possible. <laughs> Timothy, I, uh, I'm a fairly loquacious person, but I have nothing to add to that. I think meditation and ultra running have a natural synchronicity. You explained it. You explained how it works for you and how it can be a benefit mm -hmm. and how it can provide a perspective. 
um, I really appreciate that. I think I, I don't think I have anything to add. And indeed, you've probably seen me right furiously scribbling <laughs> down your quotes here, which we'll put in the written show notes. But I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to you as much as I have. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and uh, thank you to everyone that's out there listening. And please follow along. Cheer me on. Like, um, I like one of the best things about the the outdoor space the outdoor community is the the community the people like we are there's a bunch of amazing people that love being in the outdoors and sharing those experiences and we all do it maybe a little bit differently some of us are trying to you know do 5 minute miles and some of us are just trying to just hike and enjoy you know the flowers and the birds coming by and and the community of people that just really love nature uh, you know, keep loving nature. And if you want to cheer for me, please cheer for me and, you know, send me a note to encourage me on. Um, I really, I feel that I like, and I appreciate it so much. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening to us and, um, we're going to go have a good time out there. So please cheer us on and, um, yeah, it's going to be fun.